Welcome to this episode of Fintrepreneur. So what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about what is B2B buy now, pay later? How is it different from consumer buy now, pay later? What are some of the challenges that B2B businesses face today, given all sorts of disruption that we've seen from the pandemic and then now with rising rates and so forth? And how payments are generally changing and how B2B buy now, pay later is playing an important role. So with that said, Eli, how would you describe B2B buy now, pay later? So I describe a B2B buy now, pay later as a digitization of an existing process. And so what I mean by that is in the, in the consumer space, you know, buy now, pay later was relatively new. Obviously, there was always, you know, installment payments where you buy a couch and you pay it off over 12 months or two years or whatever. But it wasn't the norm. All right. Most people would buy things with credit cards. Whereas in the buy now, pay later space for the B2B industry, it is the norm to offer net terms, right? People would give you 30 days, 60 days, 90 days or so on to purchase goods from them. It was just limited to larger size businesses. So I think B2B buy now, pay later is really making that available to more people and digitizing the process so that we can be right at the point of sale. Yeah, absolutely. Why are some of the reasons that getting credit terms really is generally only accessible to bigger businesses? Why do small businesses struggle to get terms? Yeah, I think, you know, it it definitely comes down to a credit management thing. And so when you're looking at it from a seller standpoint, in order to be able to offer you net terms, 30, 60, 90 days, they need to know that they can trust you to make the payment because they're offering credit and they're taking that risk. And so the reason why larger companies is obviously their financials are readily available. They're more mature companies. You kind of have more of a comfort that you're going to get paid. Whereas in the small business space, a lot of times, you know, it's hard to manage that. You know, even lending companies have a tough time lending to small businesses. It takes a lot of expertise to be able to do so. So imagine being a company that's selling, you know, computers, for example, and trying to underwrite small businesses. So there are ways for these businesses to get credits. Usually it involves you know, a track record of positive payment history or, you know, other sort of referrals from other companies and things like that. But it's very hard for those small businesses to get credit. Understood. You know, as we know, when it comes to growing a business, it's all about managing your working capital, right? The faster you're growing, the more you're going to be buying product and the tighter that's going to squeeze your liquidity. And, you know, small businesses are kind of unfairly left out from being able to get terms from their suppliers in that way. Would you agree? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And and it's a like you're saying, it's a slippery slope. You know, you're trying to make up for the last, the fact that you're growing fast, and then now you're trying to make up for how much more inventory you got to buy. So it's it's a whole cycle management thing that uh, I think B two B buy now pay later is really going to help out with. Totally. And when you got a situation like rising inflation right now, you might want to buy more product and load up to sort of hedge against the rising cost of your inputs. Uh, yeah. But if you don't have access to credit, how are you going to do that? Right. Yeah. Right now it's a bit of a perfect storm for these companies, right? Because they they want to buy in advance because of the supply chain issues, right? Where their customers are waiting on things for longer already, but then not having access to the financing to be able to do that and make those purchases makes it even more of a vicious circle for them. So so yeah, I mean it, it's it's a challenging time for small businesses, but you know, hopefully it gets better from here. Let's talk about the product for a second. Uh, most of us are somewhat familiar with consumer buy now, pay later options by now, since they're on almost every e-commerce site out there now. Many of us have used consumer buy now, pay later options. They tend to be 0% interest. So it's kind of like, why not? 
But uh, talk about how the product is different between consumer buy now, pay later and B2B in terms of what's out there already and in terms of what Tab is building. Yeah, so the, I guess in the consumer space, you know, there's the pay in four, there's a pay over 12 months. There's, there's a lot of sort of installment paybacks, but over different types of periods. And it really depends usually on the ticket item. Right. So if someone's buying something for $150, they're not going to do it over 12 months. So the offering in which buy now, pay later company is the right fit for a certain company really comes down to what they're selling a lot of times. In the buy now, pay later B2B side, a lot of them are doing net terms. So they're doing net 30, net 60, or net 90, meaning that a, a company can buy something and not have to pay anything for 30 days, 60 days, or 90 days. That's sort of the normal practice of B2B transactions. And it's really just a digital version of that. The way that Tabit is doing it is we're actually offering a bit of a consumer offering in the buy now, pay later space. So we're, we're going to do these installment payments that will allow us to mitigate a little bit of the risk so that we can actually offer longer terms. So where a lot of companies are going to likely offer net 30, sometimes net 60, we'll be able to offer up to 12 months uh, in installment paybacks. And I guess the, the, the last thing I'd say on this, Dave, is that one of the differentiators is going to be between the companies is what kind of ticket items are they looking at or ticket sizes. You know, Some companies are still going to want to just digitize the existing process, meaning they're still going to just offer credit to the large companies, but they're going to do it in a digital way. And there's companies like ourselves who are going to focus on sort of really making this available to the larger scale of businesses, especially in the small space. Right. So we may do smaller ticket items, but a lot more volume type of thing and make it more accessible. Yeah. In other words, at Tabit, we're really focusing on sort of that underdog we talked about earlier, the small business that really can't get any credit from their supplier. And, you know, the supplier doesn't have the bandwidth to underwrite them and so on and so forth. And that's where merchant growth's credit adjudication engine uh, upon which Tabit is built is so valuable because merchant growth's been building this model over a decade. And, it specifically is good at underwriting that, you know, really kind of small side of small business, your single location storefront owner operated type businesses. Right. So, you know, I think that's one of the biggest pain points and, and leveling that playing field, I think is like a really important thing to be doing. Uh, and it's totally aligned with our mission to bring small businesses, the most convenient financing experience. So I'm super excited about it. Yeah. And, and the other benefit on that topic is that a lot of small businesses want to offer credit to their buyers, but don't have the in-house capability to manage that credit. Just like even with larger companies, sure, larger companies may have a lot more people and they can dedicate more resources to it. The smaller companies, even though they want to offer it, they don't have that option because they can't really underwrite. So the cool part is not only are small businesses going to be the buyers and use our financing there, but small businesses will also be able to offer Tabit or other buy now, pay later companies in the B2B space, you know, in the, in the US and Europe and so on. So the cool part is that the small businesses are going to be benefiting from both sides. That's awesome. So Eli, we've talked a little bit about status quo, like how sellers currently offer terms to their larger buyers or buyers with track record. Let's focus on those large buyers that do offer credit. How do they do it today? And explain how it's, you know, such a big difference when they use a product like Tabit. So today large enterprises will have their own credit management team. And that credit management, you know, part of their job is to really underwrite the risk of these uh, buyers and assign credit terms to them. But it's not just a one-time job. You don't just offer credit and forget about it. You got to monitor that and you got to keep it going on a consistent basis. And so that, you know, you're mitigating risk throughout. And so 
some of the challenges that they currently face are not just credit, but also fraud, right? A lot of companies have to deal with fraud when it comes to these buyers. There's cash flow issues, right? Where they have, obviously they have their own banking and they can get access there, but they're not getting paid up front. So you still have to manage all that. You know, what are your receivables going to the bank, margin those receivables, so on and so forth. So th- those are the challenges uh, of offering credit terms right now. And again, it's limited most times to the larger sort of midsize and above companies. Whereas, you know, when you digitize this process and you make it a lot more efficient and you use sort of a third party kind of like Tabit, where we can actually underwrite this on the point of sale, you're kind of taking all those three or four different aspects of offering credit terms and you're putting it into one point of sale API integration. Yeah. So when you, when you think about the credit risk, you think about the fraud risk, you think about the ongoing credit management, the cost of, of employees internally to manage this and the cash flow, you know, the fact that you're not getting paid immediately, although, you know, most enterprise companies can get access to financing from the bank and so on, but there's still a process to that. So what, when you consider those sort of three or four top things, then that's all solved into one sort of point of sale offering when you're able to digitize that and put it with a company like Tabit or others in the B2B buy now, pay later space. That's sort of the, the benefit from a credit management standpoint. The sort of collateral benefits are when you're making it simple for your buyers, you're increasing your average order values, right? Where a small business may, may only be able to purchase a certain amount. Well, now that you're helping them finance it, especially if you're, you're able to make it an attractive offering like a 0%, then they're maybe willing to offer more and become, and then start buying from you more frequently. So there's also those sort of indirect benefits of offering something like this. Talk about how a seller actually plugs in a tool like Tabit. What do they do? How much work is that for them? I think there's a good example is to look at sort of the consumer space, right? There's plenty of companies right now. And what they do is they have what's called an API integration. Uh, API documentation, which is used to integrate into the existing point of sale checkout. And so there's certain different ways of doing it. Some companies that use third-party e-commerce platforms like Shopify, WooCommerce, BigCommerce, and others, usually that's sort of the simple way of doing it because if you're already using that platform, you can just turn on this plugin that's already built in. Or if you have your own customized in-house commerce platform, then the API documentation is, is normally available for your developers to use and to integrate it into your current process. Those really not a lot of work at all to start offering something like that. Exactly. Most of the work has been done from our side of things with companies like us. The whole idea is to really simplify it. So it's not a big technological undertaking as much as it is integrating into an existing uh, commerce platform. Understood. Yeah. You know, my view on how we've built Tabit is really to bring the best in class sort of convenience that we've seen in the consumer space and just create a small business equivalent. My view is that small business financial services is more similar to consumer than it is to mid market. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these owner operated businesses, their owners are looking for that slick digital experience that they've come to know as consumers, right? And they're hoping to, to get that when they're running their business too. So we've really modeled the Tabit product and the experience around the best practices we've seen in consumer and just adopted them to adjudicate a business credit, which is slightly different than adjudicating a consumer credit and you know some slight differences in, in the installments, but ultimately bringing that same kind of awesomeness to the B2B space from the consumer space. And in order to automate our underwriting the way that we have, we're using you know what's called open banking 
platform. So I know there's there may be some hesitation with some some people that aren't familiar with that, but I thought maybe you can shed some light on what that is, Dave, on companies like Flinks, Plaid, others that would allow us to be able to get the data so we don't have to ask for a bunch of manual documentation, stuff like that. Yeah, the beauty of Tabit is it's a fully automated product. So right at point of sale, you're qualifying and paying for your purchase and then getting pay over time with installments. And the whole decision happens in 30 seconds as you're you know going through your e-commerce checkout process. You know What powers that is a number of data sources that we ping automatically in order to make that decision. And bank transaction data is an important pillar of that. I think we're we're all seeing these tools kind of pop up again on the consumer side. You know, many of us have used uh, Flinks or Plaid to sign up for various financial services. You know, as consumers, so for those of us who haven't experienced that yet, you know, we'll all soon experience that. So, you know, I I, I think that you'll start to see you know great comfort level around that. It's obviously just a read only data access that allows your financial services provider to better provide whatever service they're providing. And so in this case, that's uh, you know part of what makes our underwriting engine work and allow us to really offer the most amount of credit possible to small businesses who are buying from their suppliers. So yeah, we're, we're super excited about what's to come in the B2B buy now, pay later space. And specifically you know, for us with Tabit. So thanks for listening in. The, and uh, next episode, we're going to have a guest on. Uh, his name is Alex Benjamin, good friend of ours, actually an investor in our business as well. And he is a past fintech entrepreneur, past uh, capital markets professional. He's now an advisor to many fintechs and has actually also been acquiring companies. Very thoughtful business professional. And I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation about fintech, B2B, buy now, pay later, and a bunch of other topics. Uh, So looking forward to tuning in with you and uh, having Alex Benjamin on the show next week. Until then, this is Fentrepreneur. Thank you for listening. 